let's see. Well, I might not have this anymore. Do, 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 do. Sorry. Oh, no worries. This would be way back. <laughs> there we go. All right, welcome to the Surely You're Joking Mr. Feynman podcast. Dan Stevens. Hello, happy to be here. We got we got a, a zoologist this week talking some animals, talking the zoo. Played a song in jazz band called Doing the Zoo back in high school. Doing the zoo. I like it. Now um should have been the uh the soundtrack of the zoo, but instead it was just children screaming. Oh, I can imagine. You do no music over the loudspeakers? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So you've worked at zoos, you've worked in museums, you've worked you've worked at the Museum of Science, you've worked at the Harvard Museum, you've mm-hmm. you've done a lot of lot of animal zoology science all over the place. I have. So I have. the most burning question I had right off the top though is dogs or cats? Oh, so you know, I understand and appreciate both of them. Gotta give the disclaimer, uh, cats. Okay. I love cats. I'm obsessed with cats. I had a cat growing up. I just, everything about cats. My Instagram feed is actually just all cats. Oh, I respect that. Yeah. As long as you know what you want. I'm personally a dog <laughs> guy, but I don't hate. No, I mean, dogs um, are great. I mean, oh, for sure. it's, imagine having something to just love you that unconditionally. Yeah. I actually, I used to like, I think when I was younger, I like hated cats for no reason. Like I never had a cat. Mm-hmm. I like cats now, but like, I think... Uh, it's easy to get sucked into the, yeah. the dogs versus cats as a personality thing. You just kind of get this idea of what a cat is. Yeah. And I think in reality, it's pretty different. Yeah. I cat sit for friends sometimes. And yeah. It's the sweetest cat ever. They're great. It's nice. And it's they're low maintenance. Yeah. They're, they affection on their terms. Dogs are more loving, but like way more work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you, what's, what's a little, what's a little background of you? How'd you get, how'd you... What was your first foray into the world of zoology? What what uh, what ins- what inspired you, and where are you today? I guess in a nutshell. Sure. Well, I guess in a way, it uh, I was kind of traumatized into it. I uh, yeah, I always loved animals when I was a kid, but I actually was a physics major I in college. Yeah, uh, to start out freshman year, I was like, wow, you know, this is pretty terrible. And then I get to sophomore year of college and they were starting to flip the Greek letters upside down mm-hmm. because they were running out of variables. And I was like, okay, no, this is too much for me. So I was like, hmm, what do I like? Well, I like animals. Let's try zoology. And then I, I toyed with like marine biology and I was like, no, I think I want to stick with zoology. And I was fortunate enough to be at a school that actually offered that as a major and it stuck. That's awesome. Yeah. So what? what is, so what is... Uh, what what is zoology in a nutshell? I guess as compared to like ecology or animal science or something like that. What what? So everyone's going to give you a different term uh, terminology and opinion, but I think that zoology is maybe a little bit more focused on morphology. So okay, what's that? Morphology is like physiology, like the way okay. things are constructed. So whereas an ecologist would be looking at the way animals interact with each other, a zoologist might be more looking at how animal musculature works or how skeletal structures evolve over time or things like that okay but there's there's such a massive blend in all of it biologists just they're crazy they don't know they give a name to something and then 
two years later they'll switch it up and yeah, I feel like, I don't know if this has always been the thing, but I've, I've noticed, I, I stumble upon them on Wikipedia all the time. I feel like it's become very trendy for the biologist to give, um, like, pop culture references in, like, the, like the quote-unquote mm-hmm. Latin names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's been a, a thing lately. Yeah, and they, you know, they, they coin it as honorifics, and I know Steve Irwin got some, I think Stephen Colbert got one. Really? Yeah, um, and it's just kind of a cute, cutesy way of honoring people. Mm-hmm. Were you a big fan of Steve Irwin growing up? Oh, my God, dude. I loved Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin and Zabumafu. Oh, yeah. Zabumafu. That was like a, it was like the ferret or something, right? It was a Sifaka big... lemur. Oh, it was a lemur. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of similar looking, at least. Yeah. Um, but then the Krat brothers as well. How old were you? Was it probably like 2005 when Irwin... I think uh, around 2005. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, it was too bad. I wasn't like crushed. Because I was still young enough to be like, okay, well, this is somebody I don't know. Right. But that was like the first celebrity death where I was kind of like, oh, man, you know, like, I like that guy. Yeah. It's very sad. It's too bad. It's taken out by like, uh, wasn't he like, he was like stabbed by a, 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 a stingray, yeah. ray or stingray. A, or a right? stingray got him actually right in a pretty lethal part of the heart. And then oh. I think he panicked and pulled it out. I remember that. If he left it in, he would have been fine. But like, what a reflex when you're underwater to right. get stabbed in the heart and then just leave it in. Like, I don't think a superhuman could have figured that one right. out. Right. Uh, I wonder what that, like, you have to, like, leave it in until you get medical attention, yeah, essentially. Yeah, like, definitely. Because the, I, I feel bad laughing. Like, bring the stingray with you to the hospital. I mean, you, you could, or you could, like, <laughs> chop the tail off, which is That a, makes a way shame, more sense. But, um, would that kill the stingray, losing its tail? It, it would likely do enough damage that even if it doesn't die right then it would make its life difficult enough it's that not it like wouldn't an survive no regrets. yeah they wouldn't <laughs> yeah um but they're barbed so him pulling it out probably did some damage like kind of taking an arrow to the chest and ripping it out nice yeah cool so you've had a lot of roles over the years at museums zoos stuff like that do you have anything like sticks out to you yeah i mean i guess in your experience just everywhere that i've ever worked the most important part to me has been about the people i work with mm-hmm. so my coworkers have just always been such incredible wonderful people it's not like stuffy office jobs where you have to listen from to steve from accounting talk about how he went golfing for the hundredth time at the water cooler it's uh you know people are are people they are exciting everyone's different and uh you really get a chance to become very close with your coworkers. nice yeah do you have so like what's like the your favorite animal you've ever worked with like whether it be at the zoo or anything like that i guess worked with specifically this is this is don't judge me but madagascar hissing cockroaches what are those so picture cockroach okay picture eh, three four five times bigger Okay. Like like a little battle tank. Okay. They're like super flat. They don't fly like some cockroaches. And if you touch them, Wait, cockroaches can fly. Yeah, some cockroaches. That's fly. terrifying. Yeah, no, it's cockroaches <laughs> are a problem. These guys though. Sorry, continue. <laughs> These guys are great. They live in the forest. They eat like dead wood and and detritus and things like that. And if you touch them, they go. Pss, pss, and it's just really neat. And and I, 
think half of it is just the reaction from people when they see a cockroach and freak out. Yeah, yeah. But so, would, do you say you're pretty desensitized to just oh, yeah. roaches at this point? Oh, I, I don't. Animals in general, I'm entirely desensitized to. Really? Yeah. Do you have so? Wait, where would that have? Uh, was that at the zoo? Museum? It was actually the museum, the zoo, and the camp I worked at. I got to oh, be wow. the cockroach mommy. Wow. So what? Do you, well, what did you? So were you? taking care of them uh, or, think, like, what does that entail yeah so at the camp uh, i was taking care of them the other ones i just they were program animals and so we would scoop them up and just put them in a critter carrier and take them off but at camp it was uh you know feed them they like dog food they uh, eat dog they food. eat dog food it's good for their uh good good protein they like, now, uh, like i'm just trying to picture a i mean i guess they're way bigger than normal cockroaches but like like this, do they have, this do they have teeth? Like, are they like munching on a piece of dog food? They are essentially munching. It's a very slow munch. Okay. So they don't have teeth. They can't bite you. They don't sting. Nothing like that. Um, but they, yeah, very slowly just make their way through things, rotting vegetables, stuff like that, fruit. Yeah, that's, they're cool. That's they're pretty great. cool. Do you have like, um, do you have a dream animal uh, bug? I guess those all count as animals. Do you have like a like if you could, is is there one animal you've never worked with that you wish like you'd love to, that you like either heard stories about or yeah, just... I would I would love to work with like large carnivores like especially big cats, which is such like a, something everyone who does zoology says. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I understand that it's pretty much a pipe dream. Uh, it's so oh, is that hard to get it's into? It's so hard to get into carnivores and then big cats especially. It's it's pretty tough. I do love those videos with like the, I, I don't know if domesticated is the right term, but like people like tiger handlers that are like, just the tiger like plays with them like a dog. Yeah, the ones in captivity. Uh, there's some really good ones from the uh, Panthera Cat Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. That, uh, they do a lot of good work and they treat their animals right. It's like a fine line between like treating it too much like a pet and then also being yeah. affectionate with it. But some of these big cats end up becoming unreleasable for whatever reason. Right. Uh, and it's, it's nice to see yeah. that interaction. Now is this, so is this uh is this true or a misconception? Like, cause I feel like there are stories, is it like you can never, is it true that you can never truly domesticate these things? Like, isn't there still like, Oh, like even if you're like the best of friends, it's the best of friends with this handler. Aren't there still stories where like, something triggers it and they, they maul yeah. the handler yeah absolutely and and that'll happen and that's why a lot of almost every zoologist worth their salt will say wild animals are wild animals mm-hmm. and they belong either in controlled captive environments like zoos aza accredited zoos or wildlife sanctuaries or they belong in the wild but these aren't the kind of things that you can just buy on the black market and and take home and have love you forever because oh yeah that would they have instincts and right. they'll tear you to pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about that. Uh, I remember it was one of like the original like viral videos, like on I think on like Facebook. I don't really ever remember seeing it on YouTube, but do you remember? I think I think it was called Christian the Lion. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. The like the couple that raised a lion from yeah. when it was a cub released into the wild, and then they go find it the wild later, and it remembers them. Yeah, and and that's that's, that's really so... wholesome and lovely. Uh, but it's also important to remember that they were rehabilitating it and they released it out into the wild mm-hmm. and people who belongs. exactly and or either the wild or again controlled captivity because mm-hmm. um, the wild's not the safest place for animals anymore um, very true got to imagine you despise 
poachers, trophy hunters? It's <laughs> tough. I think so. I actually have an interesting relationship with hunting, and I, I okay. think you'll find that uh, a fair number of wildlife ecologists see merits in, in certain types of hunting. I think there's uh, hunting for population control. Mm that it's important to keep in mind that humans are just as much a part of their ecosystem as these other animals. And we interact with these animals as we are animals as well. And, and part of that is being a predator. We are an apex predator. Um, I do think it's important that there exist very strict and stern laws and regulations regarding hunting. People will take it too far, mm -hmm. um, but like deer, are a huge problem, especially in the uh, mid-Atlantic area. Pennsylvania, I know, has a big deer problem. They spread disease, they destroy crops, they outcompete other animals. I think I read an article about that, like in the last year, like um, like deer were popping up in Manhattan or something. Yeah, like they're just they're somehow like yeah. just ending up going over the bridges because they're just so running out of space. Yeah, in some cases. Yeah. So in in, in cases like that, absolutely, I think there's merit. But that's not what you asked. You have asked about trophy hunting. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there is seldom times where a local government will have, for example, a rogue bull elephant. And those can be incredibly dangerous, incredibly destructive. Uh, and in those cases, I think it makes sense for them to essentially charge money for trophy hunters to come and kill it mm -hmm. but although you could almost make the argument in that case it's not not even well maybe the hunter it's like oh yes exactly they're they're, they're yeah. giving me their blessing but it is there's also a purpose there it's not solely so some guy can put it over his fireplace and feel like a man exactly but uh a lot of trophy hunting so i'm, I'm gonna use africa as an example because there's a lot of sought after right. species but a lot of african countries really do have a very good handle on their conservation um, and so I, I trust it to be up to them. Poachers, on the other hand, I don't, I don't love poachers. <laughs> Who does? But I also, and, and here's the thing, and maybe I'm just too much of a softie, but you under, I understand that they're, they're in a tough spot. They're not doing it because they hate animals. They're doing it because they need to feed their family. Yeah. And, and I think there are other issues farther up the, the uh, blockchain, shall we say, that maybe can be addressed to make that not be an issue anymore mm -hmm. have you ever uh have you ever been out to africa gone on safari or anything like that? i have not no i i would love Got to, to imagine go it's on the bucket list yeah I'd, I'd love to go to africa yeah that'd be sick i want to like um sometimes like the websites are, are sketchy looking uh so maybe it's all a scam but um i've looked at like i'm and this is a different part of africa than like big cat safari territory but um places like morocco are like really cheap so mm -hmm. like you can just like you can get guided camel tours through the sahara yeah like sleep under the stars yeah like that. not a lot of wildlife out there besides the camels well, but... you'd be surprised i bet really? it i bet at night is when they all come up from the underground and stuff wait what kind of stuff are we talking oh there's a lot of uh, fennec foxes live there really? tons of snakes tons of lizards that's awesome uh, some owls huh yeah Deserts, deserts are Owls cool. live under the sand? Yeah, burrowing owls, at least those. So burrowing oh, owls are uh, an American term. species. but Right. That's uh, that's really cool. It's like comes to life at night. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Deserts are cool. I It's not not on the same level as the Sahara, but I used to do. 
I went on a couple backpacking treks out in like backcountry New Mexico. Oh, see, see, I love that area. We have family in Nevada that we go visit or used to go visit every so often. And uh, just being out there, the stars, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, it's great. It's unbelievable. It's I incredible. feel like the, the American Southwest like flies under the radar for a lot of people. It like, does. I think a lot of people think it is just like some desolate, desolate rock. It is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is one of the most beautiful parts of this country. Yeah, I, I, I love, um, I remember... This was in northeastern New Mexico, a town called Cimarron. Mm. Uh, uh, backpacking out there, uh, looking up at night, it looks—it's like you're looking at a different sky. Yeah, it's, it's like it's... you can see the Milky Way as like a band across the sky. Yeah, especially coming from a place like the Northeast. Like I grew up in New Hampshire, and like New Hampshire, like I would never in a million years called urban, but like rel- it relatively is. Just being in a few hours proximity to like Boston in mm-hmm. New York City, that still has an effect on what you can see in the sky. Oh yeah, the light it's pollution wild. Is, is incredible and. We used to do that. Like I used to take all my friends. I, I went to college up in New Hampshire. And so we used to go out by the horse barns and look up at the sky and be like, wow, this is like a whole nother world. And then going to Nevada and seeing that in the desert, my mind was just blown. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And then especially I, I got to imagine like, it's pro, it's pro, I, I would imagine it's not realistic for tourism because it's so far and, and potentially dangerous to go in that far with such little settlement. Um, but like the middle, the middle of the Sahara, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I was looking at like Morocco, which I'm sure in yeah. of itself is beautiful, but that's still in relative proximity to Europe. I mean, if you go out there, I'm, I'm yeah. on like Central African Republic, some one of the, one of those Chad out there. Yeah. I, I got to imagine it's like, it's, there's it's almost insane. no light pollution. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That, that would be amazing. So do you, um. If there's one thing or multiple things, whether it be just something people don't know or maybe a misconception about the animal world, it could be about, I don't know, any animal or just the field as a whole. Is there anything you like wish more people knew or like understood? Sure. I mean, my absolute favorite thing to, to be a, a curmudgeon on is the difference between venomous and poisonous. I didn't know this was a thing. So poisonous means that if you consume it or if you touch it or if you come into contact with it, you get sick and you feel the effects of the toxin. Uh, Venomous means that if it injects its venom into you via stinger, fang, spurs, uh, then you get sick from the toxin. So snakes, there are no poisonous snakes. They're only venomous snakes. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. But that's like such a, a nitpicky thing. No, I love stuff like that. No, that's good to know. Um, <clears throat> sorry, would you say there are any misconceptions about any specific animals, maybe? or? Well, I, I guess the big one, and I actually haven't heard this in a long time, but for a while people said that porcupines uh, flung their quills and shot their quills out with like a flick of the tail. But no. That's that not a thing? No. Huh. They'll just... They'll get you. If, if you get your face into a porcupine, you'll get a face full of quills for sure, but they're not going to fling them. And that's just a physical thing, though. There's no yeah. venomness. Yeah, there's there's them. no venom. But they do actually have tiny near-microscopic barbs in them. Oh, that could probably stay with, stay in you? Yeah, if, they'll stay in you. Yeah, uh, porcupine quills I've never seen a porcupine. Brutal. They're pretty cute. Are they, like, around? Like, wh- where, where are they native to? They're here, yeah. Uh, really? North America, uh, especially... New England, uh, all all oh. over. They're they're pretty uh, pretty endemic. Mm. In the wild, yeah. Much 
Really? Yeah. That's cool. I've never seen one. Yeah. They they like to be in trees, so it's hard to see them. They camouflage pretty well, but okay. I I wouldn't have thought of them as in the trees. Interesting. Actually, good segue right here. Have you ever been bitten by something? Poisonous or venomous? I've never been... Poisonous for a bite, right? (laughs) Yes, well done. Uh, Never anything venomous, uh, but I've been bitten by so many things. Uh, Nothing ever causing lasting damage. Uh, It's just got to be part of the job. Yeah, exactly. And nothing ever because I was uh, mishandling it. You know, disclaimer. Um, But sometimes animals just get ornery. Ferrets especially. Ferrets are cute. They are, but they smell pretty bad. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, damn. Have you, do you, have you ever had a ferret like as a pet or anything? Oh, God, no. No. I would never. Have you had pets besides cats? Uh, just fish and cats. Yeah. yeah. And then I took care of someone's lizard for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, one of my best friends from high school, uh, she like, her, she, I don't know. Oh, it's herpetology, right? It's lizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think her PhD is in, in herpetology. That She's doing it right now. Awesome. But she goes to Puerto Rico like every yeah. Every couple times a year. She That's just got back, dope. I think. What a great she, place to, to be and to do Puerto stuff. Rico? Yeah, Puerto Rico. Well, i got to imagine a lot, a lot more biodiversity down there oh, yeah. than like oh, yeah. the New England woods or whatever. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, but but Puerto Rico is definitely, I mean, a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Subtropic, tropic. and Yeah. That's very cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, what's So you were at the Museum of Science for a while, Boston Staple. Um do you, or do you have a favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite exhibit there? I do, and it's probably the objectively lamest one, but it's it's the taxidermied animals in the green wing, first mm-hmm. floor. Uh, that's actually the oldest part of the museum from the 1800s. Oh, really? Yeah, and you heard it here first, folks. The artist, you you know the uh, murals behind all the taxidermied animals. Uh, I don't know. Last it's been, time it's been a been few there. years since I've been. So uh, essentially, they have taxidermied animals in the center, and then in the backdrop, they have like murals. And in some of them, I won't tell you which ones, the artist hid little critters, like little mystical, weird-looking creatures. Like not real creatures. Yeah. I and love so you it. can go like find little Easter eggs. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's super cool. And you um. So you also, you worked, was this, I might be mixing it up with a different museum, but did you work on like the, I had to, I had to Google this word, but you worked in the ornithology. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. So ornithology, uh, I, there isn't really like an ornithology part of the Museum of Science. There is an ornithology department in the uh, Museum of uh, Conservative Zoology, uh, which I, I, got to tour it it was amazing that's the harvard one of the harvard museums um but i didn't get to work there unfortunately Mm -hmm. but they have just an insane collection of animals but you did ornithology somewhere i thought Uh, so i i focused in ornithology as my capstone project in college um i got to do bird surveys which is literally just walking through the woods and being like oh i see a bird oh i hear a bird do you ever tag them no, I haven't gotten to tag them so, yet. Do you like birds? I love birds. Yeah, I, I, I was birds. just talking last night to someone uh, while I was preparing for this about like I think, like I, I, I mean bird. I feel like I used to think birds were like no, that's way that's way too crazy. But it, it would be kind of cool to have a bird. Yeah, I, if I you had the space, so well. it's like the noise wasn't always a problem. But yeah, they're cool. I I'll say that at the zoo we used to tell kids that parrots are two-year-olds that live for like 70 or 80 years i was 
that was literally my next bullet point. I was going <laughs> to ask, like, is it true or is it an old wives' tale that Paris can outlive humans? They oh, absolutely can. That's incredible. Uh, and so, like, are... people have to leave their parrots in their will. They do, and <sighs> unfortunately, parrots are incredibly uh, emotionally and socially sensitive, and they'll actually they have uh, starved themselves and killed themselves if they're unhappy enough. So it's a huge responsibility. I, I was recommend make a... a joke about this. I didn't <laughs> think that would actually. I literally wrote right here. <clears throat> Imagine, I literally wrote, imagine getting willed a tropical bird and it doesn't like, yeah. you'll never replace them. But like literally, but that actually, happens. actually happens. Oh, now I feel like an asshole. So parrots are. I have that know. in my notebook. <laughs> yeah, no, you're signing up for. I, Wait, they, how does like, a parrot kill itself? They'll just starve themselves. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. They'll that pluck really out sad. all their feathers and starve themselves. I'm dead serious. Oh. They are, yeah, very, so they get very close social. To their owners. Yeah, very social. Uh, they bond very heavily. Well, that makes me feel so. It's probably too late to get a parrot because I'm twenty. I'm will be twenty-seven tomorrow. So, like, it's probably gonna outlive me if I get a parrot today. There are shorter-lived, shorter-lived species. Okay, but I, I, like, I really, it, in my professional opinion, don't don't fucking get a parrot. Don't get a parrot. It's just a terrible idea. They Why? are. They scream. <laughs> They are needy. They poop everywhere. Like it is. We had a parrot at the zoo. He's probably still there. I don't know. His name is Crystal, and we used him as a uh, program animal until one day somehow he learned the word asshole, and we couldn't use it anymore because he would scream it at the kids. But so interesting. How how uh, um because obviously they like, get yeah, parrot parrots can talk and whatnot. How. How close does it actually sound like like a like does it really hit all the letters? They are incredible <laughs> at mimicry. Really? Uh, it's not just like an owl. No, it's just like you should uh look up some some videos on YouTube at at some point. It's it's pretty uncanny. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's also a good good thing cuz I was also going to ask you if you just have any I mean, it's fun. Did it? Well, did, first, did it ever say asshole in front of kids? No. Oh. I, I never even got to hear it say asshole. But <laughs> oh well. I was, was going to ask, like, just because you've all, like, between just your various gigs, I mean, you've done a lot of education type stuff. Yeah. I was like, if there's just any good stories there. Let's see. Uh, I dropped a cockroach on a kid once. Ooh. Oops. Did it upset the kid, or do you think it was cool? Uh, I think. Maybe like a little bit of trauma to unpack there okay. later in life, but whatever, you know, you, builds character. I was just about to say exactly that. Who among us has not had a cockroach drop? Exactly. It's very, it's a, it's a, it's a real coming of age uh, tenant. Um, I had a rabbit bite me uh, in the middle of a segment and that actually drew some blood and startled some people. Uh, so the rabbit got to go back in its uh, crate, back in its carrying container. For the rest of the program. Oh, poor bunny. Yeah. Um, but other than that, things have gone like pretty smooth. Do you ever have like kids? Um, I, I asked. I mean, I I worked and I I mean I've I've taught younger kids too in in physics and stuff. And I just think like, do you ever have like either 
just through naivete or or ignorance, just just because they're age. Do they ever? Do you ever uh, have any these kids just like ask wildly inappropriate questions or just say absurd things because they just don't know better? Oh, absolutely. A lot of it is about you know reproduction and things like that. Oh, classic. Uh, yeah, right. Like, uh, oh look, his pee pee is showing, or, or mommy, why does that tapir have five legs? Like why does it stuff have five like legs? that. Yeah. Or like, what are those? Like, oh, they they'll ask like, how can you tell if it's a boy or a girl? And they'll be like, well, you see those giant testicles. That's how you know. Um, but kids, kids are smart, and kids will understand more than you give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you just put it in polite yet scientifically accurate terms, and just describe any words that you're using that they might not know, they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um I did I I have a I have a story I, that comes to mind that uh I just ignored it and moved on I had no idea how to deal <laughs> yeah, with it um also a good strategy it, it wasn't anything about reproduction it was it was I was TAing uh or I was like helping teach a high school physics course freshman freshman physics kids um this is when I was in college it was a lot of fun um great kids but uh I was grading lab reports once and uh they did uh it was just they just did the collisions lab you mm-hmm. know like any high school physics class does it, where you have like the bumper cars or yeah. whatnot and you measure you do the conservation of energy momentum or whatever mm-hmm. most of us have done it um and you know they have very by the book s- syllabus or whatever you call it they have to follow to write their lab report and they're required in the introduction of their lab report for the collisions lab to first give a few examples of collisions and I had a girl write this will stay with me forever. She wrote, <clears throat> some examples of collisions include uh, bumper cars bouncing off each other, billiard balls hitting each other, or a plane crashing into a building like on September 11th. <laughs> nice. That was, that was a thing. Nice. That I was like, I'm just not even going to acknowledge this. Okay. I, don't, I don't know what to do with this. Okay. You know, it's uh... very dark. Yeah. This is a high schooler. Yeah, freshman. Yeah. Sounds about right. Probably. Well, this was, what, 2000? It was the 16, 17 school year, I think. So, yeah, they would have been born after it. That, <laughs> yeah, I'm course, sure that plays yeah. into it. Whatever. Um, you know. Yeah. Kids say the darndest things. Making light of national tragedies is, is always a fan favorite for children. Oh, yeah. And stand-up comedians. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Children and adults alike. <laughs> yeah. No. But, uh, yeah. The, it's, it's. It's weird. Every every year when nine eleven comes around, you go to open mics or stand up shows. Like, I I don't bother touching it. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you'll just there are just so so many people. It's like I don't want to call it a I don't want to get canceled here. I don't want to call it a holiday. But like, I don't know. Yeah, September eleventh uh... comes around on, and you go to a stand up comedy show, and people are just like, oh, today's the day we get to make shocking jokes. <laughs> And like it, half the audience laughs, half the audience like, eh. like uh, well, it's low hanging fruit. And, you For know, sure. Yeah, that's how people, a lot of people uh, process trauma, humor. No, absolutely. Um, I'm a big believer in that. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, you better sure. be a stand up comic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think in some of those cases, some people are just like excited for an excuse to do something to edgy do something i don't know nasty, if they're actually yeah. processing any trauma of their of their, of their own but mm-hmm. yeah what about any like just fun facts about the animal world any any do you have it like any like your go-to just favorite like can you believe this can you believe that well, i do have some good ones All right, let's i'm gonna let's hit you with them so uh grizzly bears yeah 
can crush a bowling ball okay. with their teeth, which is pretty cool. That's terrifying. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll skip, I'll skip all the, the bad ones and I'll, I'll get straight to the juicy ones. Okay. This is why you have the explicit tag. Okay. Female hyenas are actually dominant. It's a, so hyenas are a matriarchal species and female hyenas. So are praying mantises, right? Yes. <laughs> Uh, although praying mantises are not social like hyenas. So, so female hyenas, uh, a very, very social animal. They have evolved an engorged clitoris called the pseudo penis that they use to sodomize males as punishment for not obeying the rules. Wow. Yeah. Obviously can't tell that one to kids at the zoo, but it's a fun one for parties. Ooh. That's okay. <laughs> it's a mess. The, the animal world's a mess. It's, it's you know. All right. Well, hyenas. Yeah, stay away. Boy. It's, I don't know what joke to make there. Yeah, no, it's... Say, I mean, it's a, is it feminism on steroids? Right. Or it's, so. that, that's just rape, I think. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's, uh, there's a shocking amount of, of disturbing reproductive habits in the animal kingdom. I can Duck imagine. penises, 12-inch long corkscrews that, like, right. snake through the female uh, reproductive organs. Female reproductive organs for ducks, they uh, have, like false ends and, and corners and crevasses so that males will deposit their sperm in the wrong spot. Okay. Yeah. And then the, if, if the female duck so chooses. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I actually, I got it. I bet you are. I bet you know the answer to this, or maybe I'm just, I might be wrong. This might just be hearsay, but one of my favorite fun facts was that, do you know what animal has the largest penis to body ratio? That'd be a barnacle. Yeah, I was Sorry. right. <laughs> oh no, I'm just oh, thought yeah, that that's right. actually true. But so, as far as primates go, humans actually have an incredibly large penis to body size ratio. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Go us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, uh, grizzly bears, you mentioned. Yes. Do you know? So, I, uh, I feel like there's only like, well, actually, first. Let me press this. Are grizzly bears and brown bears the same thing? Yeah. They are. Okay. Yeah. So there's only like, there are black bears, which are sneaky, not that harmless, right? Yeah, kind of was. I mean, you know, they'll I still mean, mess you up 100%. If they feel threatened. Exactly. But but they are more timid and, mm -hmm. and easier to scare away. But like grizzly bears are vicious. Oh, yeah. And like you said, they can crush a bowling ball with their teeth. Why? Like, those are like, aren't those like the only two bears? And then obviously there's polar bears too. And then there's well, sloth and there's bears, bears and there's okay. panda bears and there's sun bears and there's spectacled bears. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> but in North America, right? It's just yeah, in it's North America, much, it's that's just like those such three. a dramatic bifurcation. I feel like yeah. there's like no one. There's seemingly like no one between there. Yeah, that's it's, it's kind of remarkable. Have you heard the the rhyme for bears? No. So if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. And if it's white, good night. So essentially, if it's black. You know, scream, make noise, shout, bark like a dog, whatever, scare it away. Start quiet, get louder. Uh, just start loud. Make it, oh. make it, uh, make it run away. Uh, grizzly bears, like, you basically curl into a ball, pretend like to be dead, thing. yeah, and hope they only scoop one of your eyes out. 
Uh, oh, and better than death. Polar bears, you're just going to die. They'll just the Will polar bear you. attack on sight? So polar bears are actually one of the few mammals uh, that will actively seek out, hunt, and kill people for food. That's, oh, that's a bummer. So it's like the Coca-Cola commercials are propaganda? They're so yeah. sweet and cuddly. Yeah, no, no, they're they're pretty. They're like sled down to the town with a coke and join the party. I don't want to say vicious because I don't I don't think they're vicious. Like well, the uh, polar bears, not humans. I think they're dangerous. They'll oh, get you. That's a bummer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, global warming will get you guys. So yeah, right. <laughs> there aren't too many left. So I'm just kidding. I don't Who want. Who wins I don't, now? That was me being petty. I don't no, want the polar was... bears to die. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My um. Uh, my parents get black bears in their yard now. Um, yeah. A lot of um, I don't know if this is hap- if this is like a in particular a northeast thing or if it's happening everywhere. But like more and more, um, like in my parents' town, I hear this in other towns. Like wildlife is just seeing being seen more and more and more. I think like we're not really developing it. Um, I was talking about this on the podcast recently with someone else too. Um, I think I literally said this: we're probably not developing at a sustainable rate. Um, and yeah, now there's like there bears and foxes in my parents' yard. I mean, it's it's super cool, yeah. but it's also like this probably isn't a good thing. Yeah, and and you know, I think there's uh, there's people who devote their entire lives to the divide between uh, human wildlife interactions and and urban wildlife and things like that. But a big big issue, I will say, is people feed wildlife. Mm-hmm. So people will feed deer, especially bears, foxes, raccoons, and that makes them complacent and it brings them in and then they get aggressive if they don't get the food they're expecting and then there's like a conflict and and so i think you're right that we are seeing a lot more wildlife and that is really great i love seeing wildlife that reminds Um, me let's see if i can pull it up fast enough um so uh, That guy, nice. That guy was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Nice. <laughs> uh, for those that can't see what we're looking at, I just opened Instagram, and the first picture on my feed was a guy standing bare ass, and not the kind of bear that we've been talking about. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, wait, I'm going too far back. All right, so my parents have a game camera. Oh, I I've always wanted one of those. And they caught. Speaking of feeding animals, right here, they caught it like just messing with the with the this is my parents backyard the house is like mm-hmm. ru- just a few and it's just going at the bird food <laughs> and it's kind of adorable it's like cute. i love it I mean, it looks like great. a little oh they're, they're they look like they'd be so cuddly but i i do not recommend that no oh yeah well i mean they they put it there for the birds not the bears no yeah unfortunately that's fine i just don't recommend like cuddling sits down a like a little oh oh i see oh i misunderstood <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, I mean, bird feeders are great. He's um, so cute. He's so cute. And he's huge, too. It makes you yeah. wonder, like, where, like, I mean, my parents got, you know, they live on an acre. There's a decent amount of woods. And we, growing up, we walked around those woods all the time. Uh, I mean, in an, but an acre's not huge. No, um, it's not. I'm like, I'm like I'm, where, where do these bears go when they're not in the yard? I mean, mm-hmm. are they hiding under a pile of leaves? There aren't caves in well, my parents' woods. So. Well, I think it, it depends because they'll have territories, especially if that's a male bear. He'll be sort of roaming his territory looking for uh, mates. And from what I recall, bear territories can be pretty large. So he's probably got a few other bird feeders he's going after too. Oh, it's fair. Making the rounds. Yeah, actually, it's a good point. That's very like... Uh, 
I was thinking very politically there, like as far as borders go. It's like, why why would it just, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's in my parents' yeah, yard, so it must frequent the <laughs> acre that my parents own. It's not yeah, like the yeah. bear knows. You know, he goes <laughs> to town hall, checks the records, checks the survey records. Like, okay, I can go here, I can go here. Yeah. yeah. I saw a baby black bear in oh. New Mexico again. So the, so the reason I went to New Mexico, um, I was a Boy Scout. I'd go backpacking at a place called Philmont Scout Ranch um, in Cimarron, New Mexico. And one of the times I went... Uh, um, a baby black bear wandered into base camp and was hiding up in a tree. And we were all, like, standing around looking at it. It was very cute. Poor thing was probably terrified. Mm. Um, it was all alone. Somehow found its way in. Um, I've never seen... I never saw one on the trail. Um, but I got some stories. We, actually, I'm curious if if, uh, if they were... If these were just, like, full of shit Boy Scouts or if this actually makes sense. But, um... So not with bears, but there are also mountain lions out there. Oh, jeez. One of our trips, we, like, stopped for lunch and ate in what was definitely an empty mountain lion den. That was really stupid. I don't know why we did that. Thankfully, no mountain lion showed up during lunchtime. Um, but we literally, we, it was, like, up on a cliff, and we found a cool little yeah. half-open cave. And we're like, oh, good view up here. Let's sit here and have lunch. <laughs> stupid. We are like, 17. I, um, I think that's cool. It was super cool. It's only we stupid if you get it was eaten, cool if we got right? mauled. What? It's only stupid if you get eaten. Exactly. Yeah. But they used to, as part of, like, before they send you on your, like, your two-week trek, they would, you know, there was a checklist of things they had to, like, train you on. Yeah. I mean, we were, like, 17 one of the, one of the times. Like, we, we weren't actually going to do this. But one of the trainings was that, like, if you see a mountain lion, so mountain lions attack from, they typically go for the back of your neck, is what mm -hmm. they said. So if you're backpacking, that it's... <laughs> It's not a huge defense, but like it almost does give you a bit of a, a bit of a built-in defense because like you got a big pack on yeah. your back that rises above your head. So right off the bat, it's like okay, that might buy us a few seconds. Mm. And they said when what you're supposed to do, I don't know what 17 year old is going to successfully pull this off, but if a mountain lion jumps on the back of your neck, you're supposed to reach back, grab it by the neck, and throw it forward like over yourself and tr like try in an attempt to snap its neck i mean if you're like he-man then yeah go for it <laughs> it's but like, those, that's what they told those them things are there big. are kids as young as like 14 going on these tracks and it's like oh yeah if, if you get attacked by a mountain lion throw it over your Just, you know, own like head and snap its neck it. <laughs> how big are mountain lions do you know yeah i, I mean they're they're pretty big i think I, I don't know the exact numbers but if i had to take a wild stab at it i'd say like 80 to 150 pounds easily Oh, yeah, those 14-year-olds are going out. Yeah, no, you're, you're dead. Uh, the backpack is a good point, though. Like, if, if that protects your neck, if a mountain lion jumps on you... Is it true it goes to the back of your neck? Yeah, typically? oh, definitely. It'll, it'll go for your neck. That's how cats uh, kill their prey. Most cats, jaguars, just crush their skulls. Okay. Um, so, you know, wear a helmet if you go to the Amazon. But, yeah, so I, that's it's cool. <laughs> if it comes at you from the back and it can't get your neck, I think there's a, a legitimate chance that it might just get spooked and run away if it can't immediately get the kill. Interesting. Now, I wonder if if the um, if the backpack, too, might just prevent you from getting pounced on in the first place. Because, like, I wonder if it would even register, like, that is the back of the head if it's being blocked by a backpack. Yeah, it messes your silhouette up enough yeah. that it might be difficult for a predator to... Uh, figure out what's going on there do they have good eyesight big cats do you know so big cats have fine eyesight um it it's not like insane insane uh a lot of it is very good night vision mm -hmm. uh, mountain lions are actually mostly diurnal hunters 
but at this point, I mean, there's so much of a price scarcity that you'll find blending for everything. Mountain yeah. lions will be out at night, at the day, dusk, whatever. Um, but yeah, they've, they've got pretty good eyesight. I can't speak the exact specifics of it, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we'd have, we'd a few, um, no mountain lions, but we did have run in with, um, I like telling these stories to make me sound much tougher than I am. I don't <laughs> no, know if we're cool. ever in any real danger, but we did. It's cool. Um, I mean, there are herds of, uh, I never, is, is it buffalo or bison? Are, it's bison. The American, the American bison is a type of buffalo. Okay. And are buffalo global? Uh, I, th- I know there's buffalo in Asia and Africa. Okay. All right. So it's it's the American buffalo. American bison. Uh, sorry, American yeah. bison. I'll get that. Um, there are a bunch of American bison out, yeah. out on this ranch. They're just wild herds. It's really cool. Um, we came face to face with a herd of bison one day. Um, we were off trail. We were, we were actually, I think we were meadow walking, which just means you're not, there are no trails. You have to cross a meadow and there's all the... Um, you know, Boy Scouts are really strict about um, conservation stuff. And you're, you're supposed to, um, if you're going to meadow walk, you're supposed to walk horizontally. So you're not like single file, everyone yeah. trotting over the same patch of grass. That's smart. Yeah. And um, oh, they used to make us do crazy stuff. I mean, I, I respect it, but we also, just as a side note, we had to, uh, we'd set up bear lines to put our food oh, in bear bags. Oh, yeah. Up. And smart. Yeah. And, really also, smart. and like just setting up a dining fly. Yeah. which is just a tarp that you tie to trees. You have something to eat under if it's raining. Um, and so we, that would involve tying rope around tree trunks, but that that tension harms the bark. Mm-hmm. So what they made you do was, and it made it way longer to set up because you had, especially if you're doing it by yourself, but luckily there were a bunch of us. Um, you had to put like sticks up, like vertical sticks against the trunk and then put the rope around those, so the rope was never rubbing against the bark itself. Cool. Yeah, so a lot of stuff like that. But anyway, we were meadow walking, and it's kind of this is a cool story to tell because we ended up being fine. But there was a herd of buffalo. They were probably like 200, 300 yards away. I mean, they weren't close, close, but I mean, they weren't. It wasn't in the distance, um, and they were looking at us. And there was one. I guess this must be what they do. You maybe you can speak to this. One ran around mm-hmm. the back they were to our right and one kind of ran out the back of their herd and was going all the way around to be on our left so we had a herd on the right and then a single buffalo on the left to like literally like or sorry bison so we we're literally <laughs> flanked by a herd of bison so like that's scary we were getting nervous that's and scary. we were close to the woods at this point we we're still going through the meadow so we we're like we all loosened our straps on our bag because like it, if these things charge we need to just uh, drop our bags and make a run for it to the woods. Oh, they'd get you anyway. Yeah, probably. But I mean, we have better chance without your bag on than yeah. with, with it Smart. with it on. Um, but we made it. When it was a big relief when we finally hit the tree line. We're like, all right, they're, they're not going to stampede into the forest. I think. But we yeah. also weren't doing anything threatening. I mean, um, it's weird. I I don't remember being terribly scared. Like looking back, I think I should have been more scared than I was. I think it's a little just being a naive kid. We you know. Oh no, we're this is at the end of the day we are in the backcountry, but this is a Boy Scout camp. Nothing bad can happen here. Yeah. We're safe. There are adults here, <laughs> but I mean it's like they're bison. It's they're like, bison. But oh, I don't think two adults hiking with you is going to make a difference. Yeah, I mean they can run up to like forty miles an hour, and they're the I size can't. of a pickup truck. So yeah, I can't run that fast. Yeah, they. I think they're like the most dangerous animal that you'd see out in that area. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. 
more I'm, so than you'd rather would you rather be pounced on by a mountain lion than chased by a bison so solid neither but so that's the smart I, answer. I think i would rather the mountain lion yeah i mean you have a better shot against a mountain lion than a herd of bison yeah yeah, like you said, it's like having a pickup truck chasing you. Yeah. It's like at least with a cat, you might be able to scare it off. Yeah, exactly. Because cats, especially mountain lions, Just want an easy meal. Yeah, so if, if you make it difficult, then yeah. it's not going to be interesting. But the bison just want to protect their young. They don't care mm-hmm. if they trample you. Yeah. So I do like to say that to people. It's like, cool. I've oh, been flanked by a herd of bison. That's a cool story. That's like a good two truths and a yeah. lie thing. It's like everyone's going to assume that's a lie. Or it's just so like specific and crazy that it's like, well, why would he lie yeah, about that? Yeah, why would he lie about that? Um, you could switch it up. You could be like, I was flanked by a herd of elephants. And then people are like, that's obviously the lie. And you'd be like, yeah, but it was bison. That's a good idea. Yeah. Right there. And then the only other thing on that trip, I remember we had a few, we joked to this day that like we had like three or four what could have been near-death experiences mm-hmm. um we were we were in a more um because this property it, it goes it's a lot of desert a lot of canyons a lot of just forest it's a lot of different um things you come in and out of. we were in a more a very one campsite one night a very arid i, I would assume classified as a desert not like sand dunes but it was i think we we're in the desert and we we're i remember we'd hike up um, like kind of a bit of a hill. Our, our campsite was at the top of the hill and we we're hiking up one night. We had gone into the, cause there are other, you know, crews out camping nearby and we were all probably hanging out with other crews for the yeah. night. And then we went back to go to sleep to our campsite. And, um, we just heard, and it was pitch black and we we're walking up this, this, this trail up the hillside to our, and we just heard a rattle in the bushes you know rattlesnake there are a bunch of them out there scary and that's like uh that's because it was pitch black and you just heard like that that rattle that you hear on like the like national geographic channel or whatever anything like that or animal plant and you're like oh shit yeah that's i mean that's venomous that's scary yes well done venomous uh pretty venomous too like you know you're probably not gonna die but you're not gonna have a wonderful time Mm -hmm. probably have to get airlifted out or something i don't think you're gonna keep on hiking no no, that'll be the end of your day. Probably your week, for sure. I think that's what happened to, uh, you know, Mike Posner is no. the rapper. No. He did a few years ago, he did like, a, it was like a bucket list thing of his. He wanted to walk across the U.S. Literally walk. He walked from the Jersey Shore to Santa Monica. That's cool. Um, but he got bit by a rattlesnake in like Nevada and had to get Ooh, airlifted out. But almost, he eventually, almost. Uh, almost made it without getting bitten. But... Yeah. So they, But then they dropped him back exactly, exactly where he got bitten he... and continued on. Good. That's cute. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad he's all right, but it's scary, you know. That they are small and they are sneaky mm-hmm. and they are kind enough to let you know that they're there with their rattle, but uh mm-hmm. if you don't heed that warning. Have you got to handle much snakes? I yes, I have. Like, I that's like a classic field trip. Yeah. Like the guy with like the boa constrictor, yeah. like check this out, hope it doesn't strangle me. Yeah, and so I have yes i i love working with snakes my uh, favorite snake i ever got to work with was the uh, sinaloan milk snake at the museum of science um and they are just so fun to hold they you you can't just like hold them is that one venomous it's no no, okay. no very few snakes in captivity are going to be venomous especially yeah. ones that they let people work with uh especially teenagers um but they you you can't just sort of let them sag 
because they keep a lot of their weight in the center of their body and it's not good for them to just like dangle there. Uh, so you have to constantly be moving your hands and readjusting and making sure it doesn't go up your sleeve or down your shirt or in your face. Um, and it's just a very interactive experience and, and they're cool animals, you know, they're not slimy. Mm -hmm. they, they feel very cool. Their little tongues are going. Yeah. You ever did the, uh, I don't know. Is this is this a real life thing? The the, the snake charmer. Do 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 snakes like respond to like flutes or whatever? I I think it's it's the movement of the the fingers and and the movement of the flute. It's not oh, really the uh, the music. Snakes don't have good enough hearing to really you know appreciate it. They're kind of philistines. Um, mm -hmm. But what does that mean? I've heard the word like un uncultured. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm a philistine. Um, I don't know that word. But they, uh, it, it's more <laughs> the, it's more the, thank you. It's, it's more <laughs> like the movement of the, the fingers and things like that. Oh, interesting. So, so they respond to people acting like snakes. Yeah. Or, or acting like prey. Okay. Yeah. But they, if you move like a snake, they'll think you're, you're their equal. But see, so they're if, pretty dumb. if you move like a snake, you're too big for them. Yeah. They, they either see you as something to eat, something that will eat them or something to climb on. And mm -hmm. if you move your whole body, they think that you're something that's going to eat them. If you stand still and are calm, they think, ah, this is a nice warm tree. Um, but if you like get your little finger that's the size of a mouse and wiggle it in their face. They'll go after your finger. They'll go after your finger. Yeah. Potentially. I saw, just I think of because snakes can eat relatively large things. Yes. I mean, not a human. The, well, I imagine some snakes can eat humans. But I remember seeing in my driveway when I was a kid, we saw there was a snake eating a frog. That's awesome. It was awesome. a very slow process. Yes. I got pictures. I can send them to you. I'll that's ask cool. my dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we got a bunch. This was when I was really young. So I, I don't I don't know why we didn't find it more upsetting than we did. But yeah, it was literally like it was like half eaten. And it was very sl a slow process. I got a picture of a snake eating uh, uh, Togo, the ball python from the museum eating something on my phone let me see museum if science yeah nice. togo is it from togo the country i you know if i had to guess that's probably something to do with why they named it that uh, i don't know the exact countries mm -hmm. ball pythons are from but i know they are african look at how happy he is look at that Oh, it's eating a... Is that a rat mouse? It's a mouse. mouse yeah. okay. A little mouse. Uh, frozen TV dinner mouse. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, is that actually like an already dead mouse that you just fed it, you mean? Yeah, so oh. so they don't get live mice. Mm -hmm. uh, most animals in captivity wouldn't be able to figure out what to do. Uh, and I used to always tell people at the Museum of Science, it'd be like if you picked up your cheeseburger and it punched you in the face, you yeah. wouldn't appreciate that. So, yeah. I remember uh, when I was in college, a couple friends of mine. Well, well, it was my friend and his roommate. His roommate had a had a snake as a pet, mm -hmm. and uh, in the dorms illegally kept it under oh, his yeah. bed. <laughs> and they fed it. They had their their they had a fridge in their dorm room, yep. a mini fridge, and they kept um, mice in the freezer to feed yep. it. And um, over Christmas break, he brought the snake home, but not the mice. I don't know. He left left the mice in the freezer, but when for a school break because colleges are cheap and they don't want to pay more electricity the they can, power. all the RAs go through and unplug all the fridges 
and they they didn't check the first verse they just unplugged yep. it and they came back after christmas break which is like four weeks long and their room smelled like rotten mice that's awful <laughs> that happened to me with a piece of fruit which is infinitely better than a bag of frozen mice <laughs> that's the worst thing in the world and you know potentially one of the reasons they don't want people keeping pets in the dorm yeah yeah makes sense yeah i don't know how long he actually held on to that spider or spider snake <laughs> um yeah that would that a snake would be an interesting pet yeah i think i think they're neat i think they're they're cool animals cool pets mm -hmm. yeah yeah so do you have is there anything else um any anything you that we didn't talk about that you'd like to? No, I think I think we covered most of it. You know, it's a it's a cool it's a cool field, and yeah, I think even if you're not studying it professionally, who are you going to talk to that be that's like, oh, I hate animals? Mm -hmm. It's this kind of thing that almost everyone can bond over. Everyone's got a favorite animal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? Think do you any any uh, any projects or? or jobs you have your eye job fields you have your eye on that's Sub fields i guess awesome question so i think i am interesting at interested at this point and maybe trending away from education a little bit and doing more like field work or lab work or policy things like that or working in a collections uh department at a museum so something like that Very but cool. you know i at this point i'm desperate enough for work yeah that uh I, I'm trying to keep my options open. So yeah. So if anyone hiring for those things is listening, <laughs> yeah, keep an eye out. Um, I'm good. Yeah, field work. That's that. That's the one. I mean, I love physics, and that's why I work in. And yeah. I'm more of a data sciencey programming kind of role these days. And I I like it a lot. It's fun. It's stimulating. It's challenging. All that. Um, but I do sometimes. I think like, should I've done like bio or geology or anything like that? Like where you like there are careers yeah. where you just work outside. Yeah, You're geology like getting, would be cool. Getting muddy, collecting samples, mm -hmm. like. having fun. But mm -hmm. but you know, then there's also the: is it raining? Is it freezing cold? Well, you got to be out there anyway. Yeah. So builds character. Yeah, <laughs> well said. And you were a Boy Scout, so you're fine. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember working one guy one time, you know, on that trip. Just another guy out on the ranch. Um, he was a geologist and. He's like, yeah, I picked geology to study geology because I wanted to work outside. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, you know, it's it's awesome, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having this me. This has been fun. This, this is was great. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish you the best. Hope you uh, hope you get to work with those big cats someday. <laughs> thank you. We'll see. All right. I'll so let you know. that was Dan Stevens on the Surely You're Joking, Mr. Fine and Podcast. Mm -hmm.